Welcome to Igniting the Fire Within, a limited series podcast presented by Wildfire Magazine and The Burn Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Emily Purcell. Each week for the next year, you'll hear an essay from our book read by the author. Igniting the Fire Within is a collection of stories of healing, hope, and humor, offering an insider's view into today's young breast cancer community. We compiled 50 essays from people diagnosed in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. There's medicine for each of us in these stories, whether you've been personally diagnosed with cancer or not. Wildfire stories in general, but especially the ones you'll hear from Igniting the Fire Within, are stories of transformation. Our storytellers experienced a shift in perspective as a result of something that happened to them. And the cancer diagnosis was not the thing that happened, or it wasn't the only thing. The cancer diagnosis was merely the catalyst for later changes that led our writers to understand the deep truths about the world. Each one of them learned lessons that showed them what it is to live, not just survive, in the glare of cancer. We believe deeply that the stories that change us aren't so much about what happened as they are about what came next. And hearing those stories, true stories of transformation, that's what ignites the fire within each of us. A listener note before we dive in, cancer is a salty business. Sometimes talking about it and the aftermath requires salty language. Listener discretion is advised. Today's storyteller is Diana Vega. Diana is a nurse, photographer, floral designer, writer, dancer, singer, songwriter, traveler, and explorer of possibilities. At 29, she was diagnosed with a type of breast cancer called pleomorphic sarcoma. Here is Diana reading her essay titled, I Call Her Mother. I remember vividly that morning when I was sitting on the kitchen bar while my mother and father talked about their plans for the day. All of a sudden, I felt ill, a wave of gastric fluid swelling up my throat, out of my mouth, and before I could even blink, into my mother's cupped hands. Give me the towel, she gestured to my father. She cleaned me up. She cleaned up the bar table. She sat me down on the couch and gave me a blanket. I kept saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And mother would say, for what, baby? It's okay. I remember that time she made me pureed beefs too. My appetite was zero and she wanted to make food that I could easily eat. I felt grateful, but at the same time embarrassed because I felt like such a burden because my mother had to go out of her way to make this food for me. It was a big pot. When I opened the lid, the strong smell wafted into the air and into my face, clenching my gut tight. I couldn't eat it. She made sure I was comfortable before bed and through the night. She and my sister slept in a room with me, pulling out a second bed from under mine to make sure that they could help me with anything in the middle of the night. That was our setup every night in my mother's house while I stayed there. Except she wasn't really my mother. I met Luciana at the gym two years before I had cancer. She's only 10 years older than me. We were just going to the same classes until we went to the same parties and hung out more often with our gym group. I would never in my life have imagined that we would be as close as we became because in my mind, I thought she's such a beautiful and funny and confident and forward woman whose clothes hugged her body so good, men young and old could not help but say something and look again. She has expensive taste. She is loud. I am quiet. I thought of myself as simple and agreeable. 
easy to forget. Not many stories to tell, unlike her 100,000 stories of her life in Brazil. Her hilarious experiences as a non-English speaking U.S. immigrant who now speaks three languages, Portuguese, Spanish, and English. And of course, these stories are told with her endearing accent, her hands and feet involved, frequently standing up and acting out each situation. Her presence draws attention, interest, laughter, sunshine. I just sit there laughing and admiring her. When I found out that I had cancer, I felt so alone. My family was in the Philippines. My sister was at college in Hawaii. My auntie lived 30 miles from me, but she's already burdened with her responsibility as a daughter to my ill grandmother. And I had filed for a divorce. Soon, I would have nowhere to live. I had no savings. I was deep in debt. I supported my family overseas. I felt like a speck and a boulder at the same time on the shoulders of the family that was counting on me. I turned to my friends. I was overwhelmed at the amount of people willing to offer a room in their house for me. Among them was Luciana, whom I chose. I was so embarrassed. It's the most humbling thing in the world to be a stranger in another person's home, to be welcomed in their sacred space. She had a husband, a son, and a daughter. I was an alien, an outsider. You are part of our family now, she said, and would say it repeatedly. So I started calling her mother. She cooked my food. She cleaned the house. She drove me to appointments. She visited me every time I went to the hospital. She gave me gifts. She paid my bills. She helped me plan how to pay off my debts. She gave me my medicines. She gave me wisdom, so much that I had to write some down. She shared with me her life, her dreams, her beliefs. She chastised me with my choice of lovers. She accepted me for who I am. She called me beautiful when I detested myself. She called me strong and hugged me when I was crying. She answered the phone and I let me cry whenever I called. She let me talk to her on the phone when I was high. She sat with me while I was high. She flushed my pick line every day, diligently. She said, good night, daughter, every night. She listened to me. She drank with me. She endured watching boring shows with me. She defended me when I had no voice. She woke up at 5 a.m. and stood on ragged rocks at the beach for me so I could practice photography. She did anything that would make me happy. Do you believe in lifetimes? Do you believe that before coming here, we were spirits in heaven in another world? That we chose our parents and our parents chose us to help in the growth of our souls and theirs? that we all agreed to cross paths because we will miss each other so much, that we will be guardians and protectors and nurturers towards each other when we meet again, that before this lifetime, we had different parents, but we loved them so much that we had to be connected again in this life in another way, as a friend, a neighbor, perhaps a passerby, or a taxi driver you get to open up to. Do you believe in recognition? Having never met someone before, but feeling like you've known them all your life and you just feel like you're home. She did not birth me, but in all aspects and definitions, she is my mother, my angel, my lighthouse, my son, in all the lifetimes I have and will ever live.
I'm Emily Purcell, and you've been listening to Igniting the Fire Within, a limited series podcast by Wildfire Magazine and The Burn. Check us out at wildfirecommunity.org to order your copy of the book so you can read along each week. You'll also find our magazine and storytelling workshops there. Big thanks to our producer, Bill Smith of Shoe Production, and our production assistant, Monica Haro. Make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. If you like what you hear, tell your best friend, tell your mom, tell your oncologist. I mean, really tell everyone you know. Or head into your podcast app and leave us a starred review to help others find their way to igniting their own fire within. <laughs>